When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and Sales Loft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies to how they keep their lives organized to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Alex Adamson, Executive Director of WISE, and I'm so excited to be chatting today with Daniela Belair, the Global Head of Revenue Enablement at Shopify. Hi, Daniela. Hi, good morning, Alex. I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation for weeks. You know, we, we chatted, gosh, probably a year and a half, maybe even two years ago up in Toronto when we were doing that WISE launch. And I remember coming away from that and we just had such exceptionally phenomenal feedback from the, the women in the audience about you and the way that you thought about sales leadership and the way you thought about, you know, really getting your team excited about opportunities and, and thinking about the way that they could build their careers. So I'd love to kind of start there. If you can just introduce yourself, you're running revenue enablement at Shopify, which is a very big role, and I can't wait to get into that. But tell us a little bit about time, you know, your time before before Shopify, and and we'll get into things. For sure, yeah. So you know, like a lot of people, I didn't choose sales. Sales sort of found me uh, as a career, and so um, when I graduated from university, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I was going to do. And this was now many, many years ago. Um, but I've been in sales as a career and as a craft for over a decade. So for 12 years now, 13 years. And when coming out of school, I thought, okay, I'll go where, where most of the people in my graduating class are going. And that was HR or banking or you know a lot of those industries that are very well known coming out of school and more institutionally bred. And sales was never really formally taught at that time. And you know, I think now more that's coming to fruition. And so I actually landed um, one of my first professional roles as a recruiter and you know, similar background probably to you. And uh, it was phenomenal. It was a commodity that I couldn't control, which I didn't like, but it was a, it was a very interesting role and it helped me learn that you know, sales was likely a path for me. And I was actually recruiting for some of the big banks and technology at the time. And so that really is where I sort of got the bug of technology and started to learn that there might be a path there. So fast forward, you know, years over my career, I, I did a stint in, in banking sales and um, I had a lot of fun and a lot of lessons learned. That was a door to door outside sales, carrying a bag, you know, rain, snow, sunshine. I was out there selling a product. I learned a lot and I built a lot of grit and uh, I took a lot of no's and I think that carried me throughout my career and it still carries me. And then I moved into technology sales and I did a really big stint at a company called SoftChoice. And they're a, a leading IT technology and solutions provider in North America, big partners with Google, big partners with Microsoft. And so I was selling into mid-market, large accounts, and I started as an individual contributor, worked my, my way up to leadership, ended up going full circle. So started on a team in mid-market, uh, four years later was leading the team in mid-market, you know, with some of the people that I'd started with. And then, you know, progressing through my career, I joined a startup shortly after that. I quickly realized I wanted to get a taste for the startup environment. I wanted to learn how to be a builder and I wanted to be more scrappy. And so I was approached, classic, you know, recruitment story. I was approached by a recruiter 
and they painted a vision of a really unique experience. It was a first time CEO and the company was and is called Seven Shifts. So they're labor management software for restaurants, big partners with point of sale providers like Lightspeed, Toast, Square. And, and I got in as employee number 20 and I was the first head of sales reporting to the CEO and you know those folks that have been in those positions you know it is a jack of all trades you wear all of the hats and i remember you know figuring things out from where are we going to move to our next office space because we kept growing out of each office so i was the real estate broker you know i was the office manager at times i was building and scaling the revenue engine building a bdr team a sales team an account management team and i learned quickly in that role that it's okay that, you know, I, I was, I had an expiry date, right? And I think a lot of people, if you're listening, like be comfortable if you're going into a startup environment, there's only so far you're going to take that company. And at some point, uh, you know, that company is going to outgrow you and you're going to outgrow that company. And that's okay. It, it should be a good thing, a welcome thing. And we're actually experiencing that right now at Shopify. And that's something we can touch on later in the discussion, but it's a healthy thing. And so at a certain point after two years, we'd grown to almost 200 individuals. We opened up additional offices. We had closed a two seed rounds in a series A. We'd done phenomenal things. I realized that you know I needed to go elsewhere and maybe a little bit of a bigger company to get that next uh, level of experience to help to grow not only my own skills, but you know take a company to a different direction. So that's when I joined and found Shopify. And at the time, and this was almost two years ago now, which by the way, in, in sort of high growth world, two years feels like a decade. <laughs> it's really fun. It's also really exhausting because you have to grow as quickly as the company grows. And to do that, you need to be great at your role, but also invest in yourself along the way. And so the last year and a half, I was the head of sales for the retail line of business up until January this year. So leading our point of sale system, go-to-market sales team, uh, or teams, I should say. And then we were five teams supporting multiple countries globally. And now I'm actually global head of revenue enablement. So I want to I want to talk I think you you put out some phenomenal content on LinkedIn and kind of with this idea of hyper growth I think there's obviously a lot a lot that goes into building the brand and and talking about vision and getting your team bought in on what that growth looks like and and why decisions are being made. You posted on LinkedIn a while ago to tell the story of the business to everyone and build the brand. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that from like a sales leadership perspective? Yeah, you know, I think there's so many benefits to doing that. And internally it's it's really a terminology we fr we frame do things tell everyone, do things tell people about it. You know, it's very simple. It's not just an internal thing, it's an external thing. And so as a as a leader, a revenue leader, um leading teams of teams or even a first line leader, you want to recruit some of the best people. And I'm fortunate Shopify is a great brand to do that, but I also want to have a great network and I want to give back to the community. And so in order to do that, you need to tell the story, right? So anyone that's willing to listen, whether it's through one-to-one -one interaction. So if people reach out to me on LinkedIn, I, I try to take as many meetings as I can, whether that's on a sort of public format. So in any of the engagements that I'm doing, I really try to share the story in the brand. Uh, that's through outreach. So we actually just launched a revenue school program at Shopify. It's a pilot program that'll kick off in a couple months. And it's a new graduate program. So it'll be a six-month program. We're piloting it in Canada first, and then we'd love to scale globally. And it's a new graduate program to help invest in young junior talent to become great salespeople and great revenue leaders. And so again, telling the story of Shopify, telling the story of what I've built as a leader, how I've built teams, how I invest in people, that's a really important thing. And so when I actually coach or mentor individual contributors or new emerging leaders, I've coined it sort of this term called story brand. 
So I'll always ask the individual, give me the two minute snippet on what's your story brand? What are the skills you bring to the table? Who are you? What's the highlight reel of the things that you've done in your career? And that is so important. And so to be able to share it publicly and then just personally knowing what your story brand is, to me, that's invaluable. I love that as a concept. And I think it's something that a lot of sales leaders work to do, but even just like creating a name around it, it makes it more tangible. And I think that's that's so great. So can you tell us a little bit more about the vision of that? I'd love to just hear more about how you're thinking of building it and what it will look like. We're in very, very early stages. Uh, so I kicked off this revenue enablement role in January of this year. Over the last 12 weeks, I've basically built a team from scratch, built a strategy, built all the things that we're going to do to support enablement at a global level for revenue teams. And part of this came out in how do we track best in class talent, but not just that, how do we grow best in class talent and how do we grow it from its infancy? And so I started to ask myself those questions and that's where this sort of solution came up or this project that I'm going to run came up. And it was, if I can get in and either invest early on in the educational institution, which we're also exploring, by the way, or can I capture high potential individuals that are agile enough to stretch quickly, invest in themselves really fast and adapt to a high growth environment? And so if we could screen for those types of people with a specific scorecard criteria, you know, and enable them in a six month program to test them, right? Wouldn't that be a great way to feed our most junior roles in sales? The answer was yes. And so that's what we're doing. And so it's a six month program, uh, immersive classroom lectures, external content. So some of the best writers of Salescraft, we're bringing in some of their content and some consultants. We're building some in-house content as well. They will get a, a four-month work rotation as a BDR. And so they're going to get coaching and mentorship from a first-line team. They're also going to get exposure to other, other crafts within revenue. So they'll get exposure to RevOps. They'll get exposure to a merchant success role. They'll get exposure to you know, solution engineering role. And so at the end of this, that's all to say that even if they don't choose to be a BDR and graduate into our program, they can explore other roles at Shopify. And we're more than happy to do that. It's brilliant. And it's sort of like a modern version and a startup-esque version of McKinsey, but better. It's this idea of, of creating growth opportunities that people didn't even realize existed. It's one thing to find great talent and hire great talent. It's another thing to then cultivate that talent and make sure you're squeezing every everything out of them and giving them the opportunities to be great. This is brilliant. And you hit it right there. It's giving more people the opportunity. And you know, I think something that I'm passionate about and as a company we're passionate about is diversity and attracting and creating opportunities for people of diverse backgrounds to come into sales as a craft and a career. And so, you know, this is something that I hope will be a great springboard that, you know, we're going to pilot in in June. Uh, we'll run for six months and pending its success, we will look to scale in other markets globally where we do business. So we'd love to have partnerships in the West, partnerships in the East, partnerships internationally. And we'd love to create this groundswell of amazing talent coming into Shopify. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to hear about, about how it grows and you know, see what the success is like, because I'm confident that it'll be a you know, massive hit. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see companies replicate this down the road or, or see what they can do. I do want to pivot just a little bit because I think, you know, the last year has been crazy. Everyone knows that. Shopify was really kind of at this interesting intersection, given that it's focused on global e-commerce and welcome to a time when e-commerce was just going bananas. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like in the revenue org at that time and some of the things that, that you learned over the last, we'll call it 12 to 16 months? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are, everybody says it, we're in unprecedented times. We still are in unprecedented times. And this is a, a moment in my career that I'll never forget. And I'm so fortunate to work for a company that is able to make a difference, right? In a time like this. And so when initially the pandemic hit last year in March, you know, and I've, I've said this publicly, uh, I think I've quoted somewhere, but we, I was supporting the point of sale business and my teams were supporting point of sale. So that's physical brick and mortar merchants who had to close their doors. And so in March, you know, we would have all of these different customers come to us or potential customers and say, I can no longer open my doors. How do I actually sell? How do I do commerce? And so it was amazing opportunity for us to think about the best way we can help people, not how do we use this as an opportunity for our business? That's not the way. How can we help people? And so our CEO at the time said, you have autonomy to go out and figure out a way to go help the most merchants possible, be successful and survive during this time. And so what we did in the, the retail space was that became, we needed to ship a feature faster, which was buy online, pick up in store. And so we expedited shipping out this product feature so that we could actually help brick and mortar merchants, which we did. And, and we have been able to, we wanted to give more access to the product to people at a reduced price or lower barrier to entry. So we partnered with some of the local governments. We partnered, I know, with New York, uh, with the city of Toronto, and we offered 90-day free trial to everyone. In addition, we offered some consultative services through a third-party agency to help merchants stand up an e-commerce business. So if they were holistically only ever selling brick and mortar, this was the best time for them to try to stand up an e-commerce business. That was fantastic to be able to help people adopt to e-commerce, adopt to online. And of course, through that, being able to help more people, it also grew our business. And organically, as a revenue leader, I had to start to pivot and not just think about, you know, six weeks prior, I was thinking, how are we going to survive this? How are we going to help merchants survive? How am I going to keep my family healthy? Because those are all things that are going through your mind to six weeks later going, we have so much inbound interest. We need to go out and hire people. We need to grow. We need to make sure our teams are healthy mentally, physically, and we need to set them up for success. And that's what we did. And so we've uh, made a commitment publicly that we're now a fully remote digital by design environment, which took us time to transition into. So similar like other folks that are listening in or are out there, uh, we're still adjusting. You know, th there's a, a, a human contact, a need for human contact with a lot of people and being in lockdown and, and being fully remote is still still challenging. But we're optimistic about when things do reopen. You know, 90% of our time will be fully remote servicing folks globally. And then 10%, we're going to find opportunities, what we're calling bursting, uh, to get together IRL, uh, have big moments, celebrate big wins and get people hyped up. There is so much that I want to unpack from all of that, um, but it does make me think there, there was another thought piece that I had read that you wrote um, a while back about being a solver and not a blocker. And I think that ties so beautifully to this idea of how you guys created new avenues for merchants to win despite all of this. How was it coaching the team through that, right? Like it is a little shift in mindset, especially when you have a sales team that's super metrics driven, I'm sure. And, you know, there's one goal in mind. You're then pivoting to somewhat of a new model and a new idea of like, what does great mean? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Like tactically at that time, we had to teach point of sale focused product sales team 
how to actually sell a completely different product, which they had a little bit of context, but really had had no business selling prior to that. So tactically, it was a big lift. It, it did take us six to eight weeks to train the team on how to actually support merchants and how to help them onboard the product as well and be successful, right? So there was the tactical piece. Then, you know, you have the world is in chaos. The world is on fire as we're hearing sort of in the news, in the public eye. And there was an element of mental health as well to that and an element of making sure that these individuals had the tools that they need to be successful. And so we encouraged recharge days to take time as they needed just to unplug and go for walks and be with their family. Um, we encouraged them to use their vacation time, even though a lot of people had nowhere to go. You know, take that time, go read, go uh, invest more in yourself during that period and trying to put people first. And I think that's sort of my methodology to leadership as it always has been. If you put your people first and you invest in your people, you know, they will give back to you. And, and they did. And the team was phenomenal. And since have pivoted again and again and again over the last 12 months, it's been wonderful. You touched on something else that I wanted to chat about, which is this idea of when you put your people first, they put customers first. It really does come full circle. But how mental health, physical health, all of these things, especially in the early days, I think of 2020, a lot of people were struggling to figure out how to do that. You know, you're you're technically on vacation right now as we record this. Um, I think something that a lot of sales leaders have talked about with us is they want to lead by example with taking time off, but there's so much to do right now. So how have, how have you kind of found that balance? Are you still finding that balance of taking time um, so you can set a good example for your team? Yeah, it's always going to be a bit of a challenge, I think, for me. And I'm intentional and very vocal and transparent about it with my team. And so I do try to lead by example. And so you're right. I, I'm currently on a two-week vacation and not really too many places to go, but I'm leading by example in that I'm investing in myself. I'm taking on other projects. I have a Shopify store. I'm investing in that. I'm actually learning how to uh, do digital marketing as a merchant. And so, you know, these are the things that I'm passionate about. And so I want to lead by example for my teams and say, go and do the thing. If you need to take time, go take time. And I hope that they feel comfortable to do that, knowing that I'm doing it. And I hope that's the mantra. But I would say it's a challenge because we always have a quota to hit and there's always business needs. Here's the one thing I'll say on this to close out is, there's always going to be a quota to hit because we start at zero every month. And there is always going to be requests from the business, especially when you're in a high growth environment, even in a large company. You just have to plan ahead, you know, do all the handoffs, be very communicative, especially in a, a digital first world on what you're passing off and what will pause. And some things will pause and pick up where you left off when you come back and try to really unplug. And I think that's so important. And I, and I go back to the mental health aspect. I will come back to work in a week being more mentally fit, more clear-minded, come with better ideas and arguably perform better for my team and for the business because I unplugged. Without a doubt. I think that alone could be an entire podcast. There's, there is a sense of like recharging your batteries and sellers tend to kind of operate like the Energizer bunny if we're going to keep this, this analogy going. Go, 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 go. But you don't realize that when you turn off, you start to create space for yourself. You read a book, you listen to podcasts that maybe aren't at all related to what you do, probably shouldn't be. You're going to be able to think differently. You're going to understand things with a new perspective and come back with a fresh mind and have so much more energy. Kind of on that topic, let's let's hear a little bit more about where we would find you when you're not at work, maybe outside of a global pandemic when you're able to be out and about. What do you like to do in your spare time? Yeah. So 
you know, those that know me or have listened to me on some other shows, I actually, I'm very much into home renovation. And so I've got a couple side hustles that I love to do. I am the Energizer Bunny. I try not to stop. I feel like I'll crash when I do. But what recharges me is like getting a sense of accomplishment from projects that are outside of my work. And so we're on our fourth home flip, home renovation. It's a cottage project. That's going to be an Airbnb uh, guest experience, boutique guest experience that we're focused on. So that's going to go live in a couple of weeks. And I do a lot of reading and I do a lot of podcast listening. And I like the feeling of pages and books. And so I carry a bunch of books around with me when I go up to the cottage. And I'm learning how to kayak. So I purchased a kayak and I'm learning how to do that safely. And I've been good so far. And so I'm going to test kayaking and fishing at the same time next week. But I'm trying to be more outdoors. I'm trying to get back to nature and be more physical and be more healthy. And being outside recharges me and makes me feel good and gives me that mental clarity. So is is fishing something you feel pretty confident in? Or are these both going to be two new things at the same time? Two new things, low degree of confidence. Yeah, I'm told I will be a natural. That's coming from family. So we'll see. I do not want to harm animals or fish. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge. It may be a one and done thing, but it's all about the experience. So I'm going to go out and give it a try and, and see how it goes. Favorite book and podcast recommendations? I've been on the Revenue Collective podcast. They're really great. I'm, I'm part of the community. They are fantastic for networking opportunities and, and connecting with individuals that are like-minded and folks to learn from. So it's a great opportunity to hack growth there. The Andy Paul Sales Enablement Podcast is also one I've participated on. He's awesome. He's got over, I think, 900 episodes. Uh, so it's a great one to check out as well. From a book perspective, I'm trying to think of what I'm reading now. So currently, I'm I'm looking at Crossing the Chasm. That was recommended by a couple of folks at, uh, at Shopify, actually, as like, go back and reread it and go back and reread it again. And you're going to get different things out of it. And so I'm currently about to jump into that one. And then I just finished Deep Work by Carl Newport. And so that is interesting because in a digital by default environment, there's distractions at home, there's distractions on Slack, there's distractions everywhere. Deep work has been fantastic in trying to block time to actually do meaningful, thoughtful work. And so I'm going to be taking some of those principles to my team and implementing some of those principles. So those are the two right now that are on my desk. Crossing the Chasm is phenomenal. For anyone listening, it is a great read. I've only read it once, but it is it might be behind me, actually. Um, it is one that is absolutely worth going back to. On that note, for anyone who's interested in getting in touch with you, anyone interested in learning more about opportunities at, at Shopify, recent grads who might be interested in the new program that you're launching, where should people find you and how should they reach out? Yeah, they can join me on Twitter, Ella underscore Belair. They can add me on LinkedIn, um, Daniela Belair at LinkedIn. Uh, you can send me a direct message there. Those are the two places that you'll find me most. I'm also on Instagram, obviously, uh, so you can check me out there as well. Um, but happy to chat with individuals who are interested. Uh, I will hopefully respond to everyone just in, in a timely fashion. So be patient. Daniela, it was so good to see you again. Thank you so much. Good luck with all of these new projects. I'm sure they will be phenomenal and we will be watching and cheering you on. Thanks so much, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and Wise's Future Female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales Loft and Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere. <laughs>